0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Hi, I'm Tanya, your host for Feel Better. Today is the last show, and I'm alone in the studio. I'm back where I started, but with so much more knowledge, thanks to all the different contributors who've come on my show. Along this journey, I found out it was so much more than just COVID disrupting our lives. To finish 2021, I have revisited the conversations I've had over the past months with Alfredo, Felicity, Nick, Christian, Jillian, Richard, Lulu, Amanet, Roman, Alba, Cote, Giovanna, Simon, Stacy, Annick, Rosie and Steven. What have they taught me about failure and success? Well, let's start with the beginning. There's just not one type of failure. It comes in different shapes, sizes and colors. When we're little, we fall and stand up again. And we get mostly appraisal from our parents and our environment in general. We experiment, we take risks and we're not familiar really with fear. Life is this big adventure, and sometimes we learn the hard way to know our limits. We're not born with this sense of failure. When we're young, we're just not aware of the consequences yet of our actions and our responsibilities. Life is just this other playground, and we love to play and experiment. But, as Lulu mentioned, as we grow older, it's harder to get away with it. Expectations start to kick in, whether it's your family, school, work, or the ones you have set up on yourself, the list is endless. Kids have a mind designed for learning. In adult life, though, success is mainly defined by how well we perform. Not only on the personal level, society as well, privileges, performance over care and personal well-being. As we heard when we spoke to Stacy, who chose to homeschool her daughters, or Rosie, who is a recent single parent and still a tutor in psychology, both highlighted how difficult it is to balance work parenting and personal growth. Anik, who is specialized in gender law and teaches um, at the University of Canterbury, explained how current rules actually in our society keep both the breadwinner and the one who decides to stay at home in a role that not necessarily fits us anymore. But it has serious consequences nevertheless. Whether you decide to focus on care, it comes at the expense of your economic emancipation freedom. But if you're the sole breadwinner, There is this heavy responsibility on your shoulders to keep your job, even though you don't like it and maybe you would like to change careers or maybe study again or have a break. In both cases, we can feel stuck and out of balance. Some of us adults are still able to foster that child within and we still have that feeling of wanting to play and to experiment Felicity, Christian and Richard and also Stephen mentioned the importance of creative thinking and how thinking outside the box is an important tool in life, but not only in life. In general as well, it's very good when we're having some kind of setbacks or we don't know how to deal with things. Sometimes not thinking in classical ways can help us to move on. The question is though, when we're trying to keep that child within us alive, we're also having that fear of being judged. Instead of experimenting mostly when we're older, we rather play it safe. Richard, who teaches at Autavity, mentioned how a classic school system actually already helps us prepare to perform with regular tests and also just, you know, the pressure that we experience already as teens at high school and how it only gets worse actually at university and later on when we're just starting jobs. But he also mentioned something very important that really stuck to with me. It's the passion and the importance of board games. He also told me how important it is to actually have those moments of social interaction. And he also explained that he just introduced board games to his students at school.
2: And yes. that's the thing you are talking about earlier with the board games. It's like incorporating that play into, into my classes has been fantastic. They can... You're yeah. just
1: actually mentioning board games. Mm. So um, I was going to ask you, you've, um, I've mm. seen it with my daughter as well. She's been vehemently defending the right to have board games and told me mm. how important it is and what skills she's building up. So how do you see yeah. board games, I would say, as helping you in life and succeeding yeah. or failing through life? Yeah. What do board games teach you besides having a couple of hours of fun, which is already <laughs> very important, I would yeah, say, yeah. And, and socializing with friends? Yeah. How do you um, see it?
2: Uh, I compare I compare my childhood to to the te- teens of today, and in my childhood, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have online games.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I love games, uh, and I think and there's some staggering statistic about the number of the number of young kids who are engaging in mobile games or computer games or not. Basically, they all are. There's very very few who aren't. But it's a if they if they engage in those games. On an individual basis, if they're at home on their computer or on their phone and they're sort of playing an online game with someone or against the computer that's one thing but to have a group of people seated around a table yeah all engaging in the same activity is is really powerful you learn <coughs> excuse me you learn so many social so many social skills from that and so many, and depending on the game itself um, you know various abstract thinking and um, negotiation and yeah, <laughs> yeah humor uh i think i think there's something very different about uh, a group of people sitting around sitting around all engaging in the one activity we don't actually get that very often in, less in, and less and less i would say yeah, we we're there.
1: all more and more i would say um i would say um, almost hypnotized by our mobile phones and our devices yeah, and, and
2: connected but also very separate yes. and sort of isolated and, and these you know you might you might have a, a community that you interact with, but they might be you know spread out so far around the world that that, that you don't really have that sort of common thread. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go into the neurochemical side of things, you know the production of oxytocin, which only only happens and with eye contact. Mm-hmm. If, uh, you have to look at, look at someone in the, in the <laughs> eye for you to feel some sort of connection with them, and that's you know we know that we know that that's. Um, that face-to-face contact is, is so, super important. So therefore, taking all that into account, that's why I feel really comfortable in like facilitating mm-hmm. a group a group of you know 10, 12 kids around the table all screaming at each other in a very safe, kind of respectful, mm-hmm. but also <laughs> pseudo-hostile way. I think, I yep. think it's great. I think you don't know someone until you've actually had a good, safe argument with them.
1: Board games and play in general actually teach us how important it is um, to have those social skills, to be able to negotiate, to have fun, but sometimes as well to have violent discussions and to argue, but all that in a safe environment. Through games as well, we discover that a good strategy doesn't necessarily make you a winner. You can be outwitted, out of luck and still lose, but the next game you can be the winner. And all that while having fun and you're being, like I said before, in a very safe environment where there is no risk of being judged. Christian, who lectures at the School of Business at UC, spoke about the different types of failure. Actually, it was something I never really fond of. But a technical failure, let's say your vacuum cleaner is not working, is a very different kind of failure than, for example, a medical mistake, where it's about a wrong diagnosis or even, again, a business going bust due to economic crisis or because, you know, you had poor judgment. He actually teaches about intelligent failure at university and he encourages his students to test out different strategies, to try different scenarios and to include calculated risk. He thinks, actually, that we learn from our mistakes because afterwards we can fine-tune and improve things to get a better outcome. But more importantly, he also said that when we fail, we feel something very comparable to a mourning process. And that's why, where I got some answers from Giovanna. Giovanna came later on the show in September, and she explained in essence that with the feeling of failure, we go through similar emotions as when we grieve. We feel lonely, detached, we may even lose our sense of purpose, and sometimes even our own identity." She stressed the importance as well of some kind of ritual to get closure. She even mentioned in a breakup sometimes how freeing it can be if you just burn the letters of your ex-lover or if you just break a few things. But basically, she also said, grief is about learning to live without something, whether it's that job, that project or the person you loved. We need to acknowledge it before we can move on.
4: became this place where I was meeting myself for the first time and I started feeling a bit addicted to that. That mm-hmm. feeling of being present in my body, being aware of my mind and my sensations and feelings and emotions and something that I was very deassociated from, I guess. And it was the first time where I was putting thoughts dots together, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, I was wondering. You're saying it was a place where you met yourself. Could you be a bit more specific? What yeah, sure. Meant?
4: I guess I didn't feel my body before. I feel I was living always in my head, and I was really disconnected from feeling my toes, feeling mm-hmm. my fingers, and. That practice was teaching me to take control and to come back inwards, a place that I hadn't been because I was quite, like I think I was living outwards if that makes sense as well. I think I was not wanting to go in through, because of fear or shame or unknowing, disconnection. I didn't know what I was doing really as well. So the yoga practice started helping me to it, it taught me how to get to know myself, I guess.
1: Um, am I correct if I'm thinking that I'm sensing that on the one hand there was like this kind of image? You were saying you were living outwards and on the other hand yoga allowed you to find a certain authenticity? Or yeah, to it, it helped me to self. find
4: myself. I guess I've always been a bit of a rebel growing <laughs> up um, and very uh, drawn to my own ideas and but with yoga, before yoga, I guess I was someone that was very easily to manipulate. And it was easier to, I was a more of a follower. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the belief that I could have my own, or that I could make my own decisions. I guess I didn't even know I could,
5: mm-hmm. do you know.
4: So people would do that for me. And in terms of music, what I wear, and my friends influenced me a lot. Relationships influenced me a lot. And there was not, there was not that it was a lack of authenticity, but I think there was more like, a, um, I was drifted, you know, mm-hmm. I was being drifted by anyone, and I would just fit in. I didn't really worry about uh, what I wanted to do. I don't think I ever really asked myself what I wanted to do and be mm-hmm. up until I discovered the practice and I started realizing that. It really is all about me, and not in an egocentric way, but in a caring way, you know, in in a loving way.
1: Kote, who also came on the show and who is a very, very, very good and known yoga teacher here in Christchurch, she found herself for yoga and she discovered the importance of being in harmony, body and mind. Eventually, she said, it's about you, not in an egoistic way, but in a caring and loving way. She said as well how we tend to address the physical appearance and tend to neglect our mental health aspect. Sometimes she said there was, she met even someone who said, I don't even know if I have a mental health. She also explained, when you run on adrenaline and you're in this kind of fight or flight mode, it's hard to get out of that space. But you should pay attention to your thoughts. Are they healthy? Let's not take the glitter for the real thing, like Nick showed us through Breaking the Waves. It takes courage to listen to your own voice and not to be blinded by peer pressure or fame and money, just like the main characters in the movie, The Sweet Smell of Success. Being popular doesn't mean success. Be at peace with yourself first. It can come at a cost, but it shouldn't keep you from using your moral compass and personal values for guidance. Success is very personal. And Giovanna also mentioned that even though expectations can be paralyzing, it's also healthy to have some realistic expectations. What did she mean by that? She said that realistic expectations are actually a driving force a trigger that can help us achieve our goals. But if you set them too high, you'll be frustrated because you'll likely never reach them. And if you set them too low, you won't feel satisfied either. It's about finding out what works for you, what limits you, look at your different options, think about where you're going, but stay flexible. Find just that balance. As we navigate our lives, we go through a rainbow of our emotions. Some are intense, others are fun. Whatever your feelings are, don't ignore them, but listen and make time for yourself and meaningful connections like Simon, who brings different communities together by baking bread and creates a sense of belonging. We'll have a short break now with The Fortune Teller by Robert Plant and Alison Cross.
3: went to the fortune teller Had my fortune read I didn't know what to tell her I had a dizzy feeling in my head she took a look at my palm She said, a sign you feel got warm She looked into a crystal ball that you're in.
1: Somehow, when I was preparing for this last show, this was the first song that came up in my mind. I've always liked the surprise element of it. You go to see a fortune teller because you want to know how your future will look like, you want answers, and you want to be in control. But life is not predictable or a nicely organised CV. What I
5: would... God against is particularly students thinking what's been taken away mm-hmm. because of COVID, um, what, what's been taken away of them and not to think that somehow, I'm trying to explain this as well, don't compare it to what you think would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because I found with many, many students, and I'll come back to this again, but the, the idea of the education system, with um, schools and university, is this idea that um, there's a straight line. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah? And you almost feel that that straight line's been taken away, but that straight mm-hmm. line never existed.
1: So, exactly. You're yeah, never going from A to B no, in a straight line. Never.
5: Um, and so I wouldn't... F- the advice I would give is don't think something's been taken away. Mm -hmm. Um, because what you thought was going to happen probably wouldn't have done anyway.
1: Or maybe it's just being postponed. Yeah, or just being
5: postponed, definitely. Or you'll get there in
1: a different way, using a different path. I don't know, just uh, wondering.
5: Yeah, and just explain what I taught a lot of my students as well is, and I'm going to kind of uh, have a bit of an attack on the education system here. <laughs> uh, particularly Go Particularly high school. Is, and I usually demonstrate this with a piece of paper and a pencil where I'm going to have to do a variation for um, kind of radio <laughs> as well. So, we'll so have
1: to visualise, visualise it. it.
5: So what I say um, is that in terms of the education system, so I've got a blank piece of paper in front of me and a pen and um, I'm going to draw a line from the bottom left mm-hmm. to the top right, that straight line. Mm-hmm. And that's how we... We're brought up, and certainly I was in my generation as well, that you're born, you go to school, you pass your exams, you get a job, you get promotion, you get married, maybe a couple of divorces. <laughs> <everything else. laughs> that's not maybe the line up. That's maybe <laughs> yeah. like just a temporary
1: break yeah. from the line up.
5: <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's that line. Um, yes. And that's seen as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I will do is I'll draw that line and then I'll take that piece of paper and I'll just do that squiggle, squiggle, squiggle. <laughs> uh-huh. That's probably what life's going to be like. <laughs> a um, bit messier. A bit messier. And it's, it is messier. Um, and there's so many people I've come across. And even those people that have done that straight line, I've mm-hmm. spoken to a few people my age who've got to 60, 50, 60 and thought, well, what happened? Um, <laughs> because they did do everything they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, so you don't compare yourself to other people. There is, no, mm-hmm. there is no normal. There's no straight line. There's no
1: right or wrong. There's no
5: right or wrong. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I would say to, to current students is, and, and recent graduates is don't feel something, you've lost something. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, something new is going to happen. And, and the number of students I know that took a, in their first year, took a degree that they thought was good, that mm-hmm. they wanted to do. But at the end of the first year, like, oh, I hate it. I'm going to do something else. And then you switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, to me, that's normal. Because you're discovering something. If you try something, it doesn't work. It's not a failure.
1: Life is not logic. It's not a well-constructed narrative where everything makes sense. Life is unpredictable and messy. Just like the song where a plan sings about his, this guy who's told he'll meet the love of his life, gets upset as it doesn't happen, and he goes back to complain to the fortune teller. Just to find out that love was right in front of him. He just didn't realize it. You might think you're alone and the only one where life is a mess. But actually, we're all in the same boat. Don't see 2020, COVID-19, as a loss. The projects you had in mind very likely would have turned out differently anyway. And as Stephen mentioned in the last show, when the wind blows against you, don't fight it and make it work for you. If you feel paralyzed or stuck... Don't wait until another opportunity presents itself. You might really be waiting for a very long time. Be curious instead. Read, read different books, ask advice from different people, teach yourself new skills, explore different options, and you might be surprised where it takes you. Find out what makes you tick. Be creative. The future is not written in stone. You make it happen. I'm not a fortune teller, though. I can't predict the future. But I know I'll fail more. I'll make a lot more mistakes. And you, you will as well. The thing is, and I go back to the toddler I mentioned at the beginning, when you fall, get up again, even if there's no parents or a crowd to cheer you up. Move on, even if it's a baby step at a time. It was hard to summarize everyone's contributions, and I feel I could go on for a while longer, but it's better to be to the point than too long and repetitive. I hope some of the advice was useful to you and the stories and experiences of other people inspired you to try things out. And if not, I hope you won't be discouraged to explore other podcasts, meet people and find out what you want. It was never going to be easy and solutions don't come in a 10 bullet point plan like most of the self-help books. It's a bit more complicated. I'd like to thank every guest, Alfredo, Felicity, Nick, Christian, Jillian, Lulu, Roman, Alba, Amanet, Giovanna, Simon, Stacy, Annick, Rosie and Stephen for sharing their experiences on this podcast. Also a huge thank you to Plains FM, Laura, Peter, Nikki, Simar for their support and making this happen. I'll be back. (laughs) Do I sound like the Terminator? I'll be back with a new podcast, a cup of coffee and a good conversation on the 2nd of February 2022 at 9pm. It's about bringing us closer together and create connections, especially now that it's all about safe social distancing and hugging people is a bit of a liability. Just tune in and see if you enjoy it. Wish you all a joyful Christmas and a fantastic 2022. Thank you for listening. This is Tanya for Fail Better and Even More in 2022. Make a lot of mistakes and enjoy Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. Thank you.